Coming live from Santa Monica, California, USA, is our guest today morning. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, <clears throat> the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Bob Wheeler, financial expert and motivator, book author, and founder of the Money uh, Nerve. Uh, welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Bob. So uh, we will be talking about, as uh, the topic says, about how emotions impact our financial decision making. So my first question is the topic itself. How do emotions impact our financial decision making, Bob? Well, they mostly work unconsciously. And what may happen is if we're afraid of getting a promotion or we're afraid that we're not going to be able to buy a house, we might make financial decisions based on our fears or based on the emotions that we're just not consciously aware of okay okay and people can mistakes in uh, during that absolutely absolutely i mean one of the biggest fears around money uh is actually fear of success fear of succeeding uh what am i going to do now people are going to ask me for money maybe they don't want to be my friend anymore they just want my money uh right we create all these stories and all these narratives and here we are okay Okay, but isn't uh, emotion also linked with risk-taking ability? A person well, who's emotional may want to take more risks? Well, certainly some people may uh, be excited by taking risk. Other people may be afraid of taking risk. But in our daily lives, whether we're investing, whether we're saving, whether we're overspending, there's a narrative in the back of our brain that's talking saying you don't have enough or I hope everybody's impressed with what you bought or you better present really well. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly there are people that will not invest money out of, out of the fear of taking a risk for, for okay. sure. Okay. Okay. Bob. So a lot of people, you see money, uh, you have written a book uh, called the money nerve. Right. You also, uh, run an organization. You are the founder called the Money Nerve itself. Yes. And you know, when when you talk of money, for some people, it's like touching a raw nerve, you know? Sure. So each one, as you say, has a money nerve. Can you tell us where it is and how to activate it? So it's in different places for all of us. When you win the lottery ticket, when you get a bonus you didn't count on, you get so excited. Your chest expands and you're you just feel the joy, your whole body comes alive, right? But when you bounce a check or your credit card debt's declined, your body shrinks, your chest might go inward. We have that nausea in our stomach. And when money. Okay. Okay. So. The biggest thing is how to develop a healthy relationship with money, whether people 
uh, are afraid of money or they want too much of money. The fact is that they can't live without money and everybody wants money. So how do you develop a healthy relationship so that you get enough of money? A lot of people just want enough of money to live a life with good quality life and a life with dignity. How do you do that? What do you tell your notebook? What do you tell your clients? Well, the first thing is to understand your current relationship with money. Are you afraid of it? Do you hate it? Do you have to work hard for it? What's your definition of your relationship with your money right now? And then you have to decide, if is that working? Maybe it's working. I like to be afraid. I never have to talk to people. It's working um, for some people. Most of us try to live beyond our means instead of living within our means. If I've got, if I've got a hundred bucks, I'm going to pretend I have a 200 bucks and I'm going to spend 200 bucks and we spend more than we make, you know, and we earn less than we spend. So until we can start to be comfortable with, Oh, this is good. You know, I can live within my means. Now I can put some money away for savings. But a lot of us have a story is that I can't save until I get a bonus. I can't save until my kid gets out of school. Um, I can't have this or have that. I've got to put it on credit cards. I'll worry about my debt later. And so we just put things off because maybe we didn't have the tools. Somebody didn't teach us. And we're just working blindly and we're supposed to know better because we're adults. Okay. Okay. But isn't it a cultural uh, thing, Bob, that in India, generally, you know, my grandparents used to tell me about the importance of saving money. Mm-hmm. But uh, things are changing very fast, even in India. But in the US, it's been more of, you know, spending money uh, on a lot of things, buying new things, uh, living life for the uh, uh, on the day itself. So uh, how do you tell people in today's backdrop that you got to save money and that you got to live within your means. Uh, what do you tell in your book, The Money Nerve? Well, the way I get people to look at saving and getting rid of debt is I ask people, what do you want in your life? Do you want to have a house? Do you want to put your kids through college? What kind of legacy do you want to live? And are you managing your money in a way that's alignment with what you say you want. Are you being in integrity? Are you actually saving money or are you taking your kids college money and spending it on vacations? And so it's important to get really clear on what you want in this life so that then you can say, okay, well, I want to have a house in five years. Let me start saving for that. How much do I need to save for a down payment? especially with the economy and and things going crazy in different parts of the world, making sure you've got your debt handled so that you don't get caught with surprises. If you lose your job or if money is temporarily not available. And so it's really important regardless of how things look, people that are wealthy, they're still doing the work. They're still looking at their budgets. They're still putting money in savings. Being wealthy and being rich doesn't mean I now can spend limitlessly 
and just spend whenever I want. There's still a responsibility in managing your money at any income level. Right. So what is the biggest hindrance of for anybody in having money? People want to do work, they work, and they may spend also. A lot of people spend money and save at the same time. Why is it not the same with everybody? Is it because, <laughs> yeah, why is it not? Well, you know, it's interesting. Some people do spend and they save, but they save more than they spend. Or they only spend when they have a windfall of money. Other people spend every day. I'm going to go out for lunch. I used to work with a guy. He said, oh, well, you know, it's cheaper for me to eat lunch and dinner out. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, he's spending all his money on meals and then wondering why he doesn't have any money because um, he didn't want to make his own meals. So it really depends. There can be five people with the same amount of income coming in and people have different priorities. Some people are going to feel like they shouldn't spend anything just in case. Other people will say, I'm going to spend everything because who cares? I could die tomorrow. And, and, and so really what we're bringing in is our childhood baggage and our childhood mindset when we're making these decisions. And a lot of them are unconscious. Okay. So somebody who has just started his career or you can say even such a few years into work what would you tell them saving is one part are there any other tips that you would want to give to people in especially the younger generation one of the one of the most important things is where does your money go creating a budget or a spending plan how much is my rent how much do i spend on food how much do I spend going to the movie? How much is my car insurance or my motorcycle insurance? All of those different things, you want to have a sense of this is where my money goes so that, oh, okay, I make enough money to cover that or I may need to cut back on my spending money for going out at night. Right. So what should people generally should save for? Is it for their children's edu education, but then a lot of people will say, okay, I'm not married and I don't know uh, when I'll get married. Or what is the most important thing that people should uh, save for? Well, again, if you're not married with kids, probably saving for college doesn't make any sense. Saving for a home, saving for okay. retirement, saving Save. for vacations. Uh, travel is a great educational tool. Um, I've been to India. It's not the okay. same as it is in Los Angeles. And so learning how different people in the world live. Um, and one thing I will say is whether I'm in India or Africa, people are a lot happier than in the U.S., I think, when it comes to money, because in the U.S., you've got to keep making more and more and more. And in other countries, there's more of a balance of appreciating life. That's been my experience. No, I understand uh, what, what you say, but you see the irony is that a lot of people from India want to go to the, you know, get a bite of the big apple. Yep. And a lot of people want to come from the U.S. and sit quietly for some time by the river Ganges. You know, that's, that's the it. irony of life. The people always find grass greener on the other side and 
most of the time it's that search that keeps people on like your search what happened in africa you talked of africa you went to africa and then that changed i guess a lot of your beliefs around money do tell us about that yeah so coming from the us and probably being a male i was socialized to be my accomplishments so i've got to make money i've got to be the top of my class i've got to do incredible vacations life has to be really interesting and special and right. so you got to have the nicest car you got to get the better neighborhood you're always running to get something else when i got to africa and i was in tanzania at the time i've been in several countries but in tanzania the average income was about $100 a year per person $100 per person a year they were incredibly happy and i kept looking at all these people going you don't have a nice car you don't have shoes you don't know where your next meal is coming from how can you be so happy what's wrong with all these people and they would take i would throw something away and they would ask if they could take it a container uh, a torn t-shirt whatever they looked and saw the value of what i was calling trash and it really messed with me because i couldn't understand how people could be happy if they weren't accumulating material things and it really made me stop and pause and realize that i wasn't happy trying to have all these things and that maybe if i slowed down and actually enjoyed life i might actually find that i'm a lot happier right right so let me ask you a question which uh, for which perhaps you don't stand for then why why save money when money is not going to lead to happiness well money certainly helps <laughs> <laughs> uh if i want to take a trip to india i got to have money if i right. want to uh sail around the world if i want to have really cool life experiences money is helpful if i want to be able to pay it forward and give back and be of service money is a great tool to be able to help communities and and to be able to pay it forward so right right so you understood about happiness by visiting africa but why can't people understand about happiness without visiting africa or any other place is it isn't there a method through which they can attain not just materialistic pleasure commercial success but also happiness in the true sense without need to go anywhere else maybe search within or seeing things around because i guess even in the us so much of talk of community service community engagement is there yeah in india there a lot of things are also changing so why is it that people are always searching for happiness when it's so much around and perhaps within you well there's a favorite line out of a movie called time bandits that i love and the quote is wherever you go there you are right and the truth is we think it's over there we think it's under that rock and so we spend all this time instead of just stopping taking a couple of breaths and looking around and seeing that we actually have everything that we need and you don't necessarily have to travel to another country for me i live a pretty entitled life 
right? I live a very privileged life. I didn't know that because everybody around me had a similar experience. And so when I stepped out of my environment, it helped me to realize you, you and the rest of the world are not always all living the same life. You need to be a little bit more aware. So for me, traveling outside helped give awareness. But the reality is there's poverty in the USA. There are happy people in the USA. There are happy people on my street. It's what we choose. But it sounds more exotic and more sexy if we're seeking outward instead of actually just stop and reflecting inward. Right, right. Tell me a bit more about you, Bob. Vince. You are a very interesting personality. You talk about money. You tell people about how to have a healthy relationship with money. But you also have visited Africa. You have visited, you know, you have climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. You know, Mount Everest Base Camp. Tell us about that part of your life. What has been your learning? You know, what has happened? What? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I love being out in nature, uh, being able to hike to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, going to base camp. Being out in nature is a mental exercise more than it is a physical. And I love that it's me going at my own pace. So if I don't make it up the mountain, it's my mental space telling me I can't do it or to give up. And so I find when I'm out in nature, it's a place for me to get grounded, to reconnect with myself, to feel the earth. Um, you know, when I'm in LA, I could Uber, people take care of me, everything's going on. When I'm up on a mountain, I'm carrying my pack. And, right. you know, I may get a little bit of help, but I, don't, I have to do things myself. And I like being reminded that I'm just like everybody else. Absolutely. So, Bob, the... Should I understand for almost everybody, especially for the younger generation, is that uh, travel should be a very important part of their mission of earning money. What do you earn for? I totally believe that everybody should travel and experience other places because even in the U.S., kids that are in the, in the lower income mediums, still have it better than a lot of people in other countries, right? They still have their cell phone, their iPhone, and their all these things. And so I think by traveling, we get to meet other people. We get to experience other cultures. Uh, I've certainly eaten things that I never would have eaten if I was living here. And it's an opportunity to just see that the world is full of amazing things and as different as we all are, we're all connected by our humanity. And so for me, being able to travel and meet other people and experience their gratitude and their celebrations of life helps me reflect on what I'm here to do. Right, right. That, that's a very important aspect of life indeed. Uh, now talking about the comedy part, you see people may, uh, you know, uh, finance is a very serious field, you know, and then you got involved uh, and and you have the CFO of the world famous comedy store. Means, tell us about that. How how did this you know East and West meet here? Yes. So I was actually doing stand up comedy, and uh, jokingly saying, you know, I had to pay the bills. The accounting wasn't making the money. 
But uh, so I was doing stand up, and basically, I had made it a mission in my head that I was going to be a part of the comedy store. I meant as a comic, but I guess I wasn't clear. And what happened was the owner called me up because a friend of mine told her that I was a CPA. And they called me up and said, look, we have, we're about $100,000 in debt with payroll taxes. Everything is a mess. You got to come help save the store. And I just wanted to do comedy, but all my friends were comics. I had the background and I said, okay, I got to save this place. It's iconic. It's historical. And this is where I perform. And, and so 25 years later, I'm, I'm still at the club and thankfully we had a couple of near misses, but we are alive and thriving. And for me, comedy is a great way for me to actually educate people around money. I can tell a story and people will laugh and then say, Oh, wait a minute. That's me. Oh, Oh, I was just telling a joke. I didn't. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's a way to disarm people about a very serious subject. Right. Right. Obviously, uh, it's better to, uh, you know, listen to a joke and become ser get serious about uh, your money rather than becoming a joke without, uh, and, uh, <laughs> by not having money. Sometimes, Absolutely. you know, yeah, Absolutely. you lose all your freedom if you don't have uh, the basic amount of money. I'm uh, going to write that down. I'm going to save that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I felt it. It's not that uh, life of journalists is not always that rosy. You work in the best of places, but you may not earn as much as you want to or the needs of life may not be. And everybody goes through their own challenges in life. And one of the biggest things that I have seen, uh, Bob, is that uh, not having enough money or basic money can take away not only your freedom to choose, but to freedom, your freedom to, you know, have the basic sense of, uh, you know, day-to-day -day life itself. That's That should not be. Absolutely. And when you don't have money, it impacts your health. You yes. aren't able to do preventive care. It, it impacts the way you show up at work. It, it, it impacts the fact you may not be able to eat three meals a day. There's so much that is impacted by lack of money. Mo people with yes. less money tend to have a shorter lifespan. Um, and, and there's just so many statistics around health and money and just having the basic necessities. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. So, uh, Bob, it's been, uh, it's late out, out there. It's late, quite late in the evening. And I understand that. And we have talked about something very good and a lot of tips you have given, a lot of insights into life, insights into how one can look at life and money and can have a healthy relationship with money. Uh, the last question I'll ask is, how do people contact you? How do they get your book? How do they take your help, your services, if possible? Absolutely. So my website is The Money Nerve. Okay. That's nerve, not nerd. I'm a nerd, but it's the money <laughs> nerve. And that's got my website. It's got my book. It's got my podcast called Money You Should Ask, where we talk about money. Uh, it's got my online course. It's got access to my CPA practice for people that want to help have help with their taxes. Um, there's a lot of great free resources and tools and people can reach out info at themoneynerve.com, info at themoneynerve.com. And I've got a great team of people 
and we're happy to you indeed you indeed do yeah thank yes. you yeah thank you thank you bob in fact i will include uh, quite a bit of this uh, your social media and you know all all those details on the youtube description so that people can find it easily thank you thank you thank you for your time bob uh, with all this it's a wrap on this edition of the kj masterclass live thank you so much indeed for your time have a good night thanks so much